my life completely changed. And I feel like I came back to myself, but like the best version of myself. Life was no less busy after I started making myself a priority, but I became so much of a better mom and I became so much more able to handle the things that I was having to deal with. Stay tuned as our guest McKenna Wadsworth shares her life-changing journey and tactical tips on how she transformed her life as a worn-out mother of seven. You won't want to miss this if you're struggling with meeting life's demands yourself and you're ready to take your life back again. Kendra Nielsen. Welcome to Fulfillment Therapy, where you will improve your relationship with yourself, your loved ones, and with God. You'll find healing, wellness, crucial mindset shifts, and self-development help. I'm a licensed therapist, personal trainer, and coach. In this podcast, you'll learn the skills and confidence needed to transform your life from merely surviving to living a fulfilling, flourishing life. You can't reach your God-given potential and become who you were meant to become by remaining where you are. If you're ready, we'll create an ignited life you can't wait to wake up to. And yes, it's possible. It's your time to shine, my friend. Welcome back to Fulfillment Therapy, my friends. I am your host, Kendra Nielsen, and today we have another special guest named McKenna Wadsworth. I met McKenna several years ago and was so impressed with her sincerity, her hard work, her faith, and her loving support of her husband in all of his endeavors. McKenna is a mother of seven, and in my book, she's a complete saint. She's also an avid listener, and so I asked her if she'd mind sharing her insights on fulfillment and wellness today as a mom of seven with a busier life than most of us can imagine. I can't wait to hear what she has to share with us today. Thank you for being here with us today, McKenna. It's been a while since I've seen you, and I'm so glad you're only a few hours away now because hopefully we'll be seeing more of you again. You and your husband were so refreshing to hang out with because of your love of truth, and your determination to improve yourselves. Thank you so much, Kendra. That's really nice of you. So I am, just introduce myself real quick. So yeah, I'm the mom of seven. Like you said, they range in age from one to 13. So you have like the whole range of teenagers and toddlers and babies. So that's That's a a party. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, it really is. So yeah, I'm the wife of my husband, almost 18 years. So he's my BFF. We love each other, not spending time with each other. I received my bachelor's degree from BYU-Idaho in psychology, sociology, marriage and family studies. This whole topic of fulfillment and self-care and everything is something I'm really passionate about. I plan someday, once my kids are a little bit older, to try to go back and get my master's in counseling. Oh, I love that. And when I knew you, how many kids did you have again? I was trying to remember. remember? Oh, I had five. Yeah, it was, so, yeah. you were just so saintly and how like calm and just oh, laid man. back you were. I'm like, this woman is incredible. Like, I just wanted to watch you all the time. Like, how does she do it? Because your kids are pretty close in age too, aren't they? Yes, they are. Yeah, I had my first five were born in seven years. And then the next two were, you know, within four years. So they were a little bit more spread out. I had a couple of miscarriages in between. 
And are they all pretty close? Do they get along well together? Yeah, they do. It's really, yeah, they really do. It's nice. I mean, they have their moments, but for the most part, it's really nice. They're all kind of going through similar stages and similar developmental aspects of life. So yeah, it's a lot of work on my end, but it's yeah. been really good for them, I think. Yeah. And your husband is, tell us a little bit about him because that yeah, plays so, into your story. Yeah. My husband is a psychiatrist, so he spent the last 14 years in school. So that was a huge family investment. It was a lot, a lot of time. So he did five years of undergrad and then five years of medical school and four years of residency. And the medical school and residency was, I was a single mom. Like there was, for the most part, there were some times that he could help, but there were a lot of years that he would be gone all day. He'd come home at dinner for an hour and then go back and study. And so Mm -hmm. most of that was just kind of, single mom (laughs) but we saw him once in a while and he'd work you know six days a week and so he would have we'd have Sundays with him but it was it was a long hard road for sure and especially because that's most of your motherhood right yes yep yeah for sure yeah he finished last year so Liam was 12 and he started when Liam was a newborn it was Mm. all that for those 12 years of raising babies and stuff he was mostly <laughs> yeah and that's a big journey for both of you and especially on you as a mother yes for oh. sure well, it was really hard and that's exactly why I'm excited to hear from you today because I think the yeah. things that you say could speak to a lot of people even if they don't have seven kids there's that measure of overwhelm and a lot going on that sometimes it's mm-hmm. helpful to hear from someone that has maybe even more scheduling craziness and I'm sure you right. fit that quite well So if you're all right with it, do you mind if I jump into the interview and start with some questions? For sure. And before I start, I do want to thank you again for being here. This is so exciting. Oh, for sure. I'm excited. Yeah, no problem. What challenges have you faced as you've begun to move from simply surviving into a life where you thrive and live more intentionally? So I'm glad you started with this. Last year, for some reason, it was one of the hardest points that I had gotten to in my motherhood. I had just had my baby, she was like two months old, and my oldest was 12, and my oldest four or five kids had so much going on. They had dance and piano and ballroom and football and cross country, like it was so busy. So I didn't really have the time to recover as much as I wanted to. And so I hit like a really bad low, actually about a year ago. It's a good time to look back and be like, wow, I've really come a long way in this year because it was, I think I was struggling with my first bout of postpartum depression and I hit a low, a very low, low. It actually just continued to get worse because then there were um, circumstances out of our control that made us have to homeschool. So we had to bring all of our five kids home because that was so busy. I wasn't able to really get out and see anybody. So I wasn't making connections and just the busyness of having seven kids and having to homeschool five school age kids while having two other kids. It was, it was really hard. (laughs) And in March, I actually hit the lowest, I think the lowest low I've been at. I remember I was talking to Richard and I was just like, I can't keep doing this anymore. I need your help as a psychiatrist. Like, <laughs> I need your skills. I need you to help me. He went through the, some questions. It's very similar to your wellness wheel. But he asked me, he was like, are you getting sleep? And I was like, no, my baby wakes up nine times a night. You know, are you getting uh, good food regularly. Like, no, I'm so busy. I'm hardly, hardly eating. Are you drinking water? No, I'm, I don't have time to drink water. Do you have hobbies? Absolutely not. I don't even know where I start with that. You know, are you getting exercise? Not at all. 
And are you making meaningful connections? Not at all. I don't see anybody outside the family ever. And then have you been strengthening yourself spiritually? And again, that was no. (laughs) And so we realized that was where we needed to start. We sleep trained our baby. (laughs) And so she was, I was able to get some sleep and we just made some huge changes in our life. And with his support, we were able to, you know, find me some good hobbies, make sure I was sleeping every night, making sure that I was prioritizing feeding myself and not just my kids, getting meaningful connections with other ladies in town and exercising. And once I started doing that, kind of like what you talk about in your podcast, making exercise a non-negotiable, making sure you're connecting with the spirit and really strengthening yourself spiritually, my life completely changed. And I feel like I came back to myself, but like the best version of myself because I was putting myself as a priority, which is, again, is hard when you have seven kids and you're homeschooling them. And, you know, there's just, there's so much going on, but having just come from the lowest low I'd ever been at, I realized I never wanted to go back there. And it, I had to make myself a non-negotiable so that I could serve my family and do the things that I needed to do because I was the worst version of myself because I wasn't putting myself first. Yeah. So. Thank you for being so honest and raw about that because I honestly think that this is one of the biggest problems in counseling is self-care for Christian women. I know I've talked about it online. It's just this wonderful thing about faith-led women and the vice side of that is we give to our detriment And especially McKenna coming from a family of seven children. That's massive giving that most of us don't experience. Right. And there's because there's just so much need. And especially when they're all so young, it's like you just, there's so much that you need to do. Yeah. Yeah. And that is a lot. And how you made yourself a priority. There's so many things that you said I wrote down that I loved. Like I came back to the best version of myself And it wasn't just, you did like a full overhaul. It wasn't just like, I'm going to just sleep train my baby. It's like, I'm going to improve my water. I'm going to have hobbies. I'm going to talk to my husband. Like you were very proactive about many things. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I just realized like I have to completely change everything because I do not like where I am right now. (laughs) Absolutely. How did you make that a priority when you can very easily say, oh, there's too much. How can I make myself a priority when my life is too busy already? How did you make that happen? I started, I think you talked about this in the podcast too. I started when I would um, schedule in my day, I would schedule in my self-care. So I would schedule in, you know, in the morning, I would try to figure out when it would work best for me. And for me personally, when I exercise in the morning, that is the best. So I would schedule that in, you know, if possible, before the kids wake up, but no matter what, in the morning, you know, I'd exercise and spirituality would happen in the evening after the kids go to bed. And so I just really looked at my schedule and was like, I need to put these in my schedule or they won't happen. So I scheduled them just as important as a doctor's visit or taking medication. It had to happen in my day and scheduling is what helped probably the most. That's probably the most helpful. Um, And then just accountability, like my husband was my accountability partner. And so he would just kind of check in with me, you know, have you gotten your exercise? Have you, you know, have you been drinking water? Did you have lunch today? (laughs) And just the accountability was really helpful. So I'd say those two things, probably scheduling and accountability. Oh, that's amazing. The scheduled part, like it's such a simple little hack, but it's true. If you don't do it, is it really going to happen? Especially when you're making so many big changes. 
totally. Another thing I just thought of was I um, would put reminders in my phone, like actually alarms would go off. Um, And so I would, because sometimes life would be busy and I'd actually forget my schedule. But if I have an alarm going off, like, okay, right now you need to go exercise or right now you need to go eat some food or drink your water. So, yeah. I know I say this a lot because it's important, but if it's important to you, you'll find a way. If not, you'll find an excuse. You got to the point where you couldn't make excuses anymore because the sacrifice was way too big to you personally. All the wellness realms, really. Totally. That's amazing. Oh, thank you for sharing that. (laughs) Yeah, no problem. Another question I have for you, how do you personally create fulfillment in your life? no matter what stage you're in, so this hard young child stage and teenage stage and all those stages, how do you create that? Kind of what I said earlier is just really making yourself a priority. Like if you recognize that you can't serve the people around you until you taking care of yourself. And so just really realizing, like you had mentioned in an earlier um, podcast, like it's a non-negotiable. I can't just be like, oh, I'll just push it off, push it off. Like I'm being selfless. Like it has to be a priority. It has to be a non-negotiable. I think that is the biggest thing. And then also using the wellness wheel that you have on your website, just trying to do that weekly, because I feel like sometimes you'll be going through the motions and not realizing, holy cow, I have a whole section of this wellness wheel that I haven't been paying attention to at all. And it is completely slipped through the cracks. And so if you do that, like you mentioned, doing that weekly, just really checking in with yourself and seeing, wow, I need to do better at this. So I think that is a huge thing. And then also, I know this sounds kind of silly, but I wholeheartedly believe that if we pray, Heavenly Father will be able to help us know how we can have personal fulfillment and self-care no matter what stage we're in. And that he'll also be able to help us think of things that we would not have thought about otherwise. I can't think of exactly what it was, but there was definitely something in the self-care or the wellness wheel at that point that when I prayed about, I don't know how to accomplish this, all of a sudden just this great idea, like, oh, that was a fantastic idea. I would never have thought of that otherwise. Silly thing is I actually prayed. I had no idea what kind of hobby I wanted to start. This is why I prayed, what kind of hobby should I start? And all of a sudden I had this fantastic ideas of, oh, you know, there's a choir group that you could go sing with because I love to sing or, you know, just whatever. I really think the Heavenly Father will help us think of ideas. So. Thank you for sharing that because that is actually another thing most women say. Like, I don't know. It's been so long. That's so foreign to focus on me. Like, It stresses them out, fills them with anxiety. Thank you for just saying pray for that. I've been actually doing the same thing when it comes to finances. Like we made a lot of really good moves and we're wanting to step it up even more and not really sure how to do that. So I've just been praying, like, lead me to the right people or open something up because I don't know what the next step should be in that regard. Totally. So I love that. For sure. And then you also said the wellness wheel weekly. I think sometimes when I give resources, people think, whether it's clients or listeners, that like, okay, I did it once. This is good. But that's really when it switched for me, too. And I think the one that comes up regularly is like, oh, my relational is a little less than I want it to be. (laughs) Obviously, I need more attention there. For sure, yeah. Well, thank you. That was wonderful nuggets that you're giving me, and I really appreciate that. So the next one is, what makes your soul sing? Mine are kind of weird, but... (laughs) Perfect. I love weird. Uh (laughs) Yes. Um, So mine is actually exercising. 
I love to exercise and particularly like riding my bike. And I love that. That is something that makes my soul sing. Another thing is hiking and being out in nature. So swimming, hiking, biking outside. That is my therapy. I love to be outside. And then another thing is I love to bake, uh, cook with sourdough, bake bread and stuff like that. But the weird one that I was talking about is I actually love to can. <laughs> so yeah. like this morning, I canned peach jam and I was so excited and so happy. And those are weird ones, but those are the things I found that, that make my heart sing. I don't yeah. think they are weird. I think they're fantastic, especially it's what you value. Nobody can refute mm-hmm. that. That's fantastic. Like mine is pranking. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I think that's also weird, <laughs> but I love it. No, those are fantastic. And it doesn't surprise me at all that you re- feel refueled by nature, especially because of how therapeutic it is. All of these things. And I really wish that I love to can. That would be really beneficial. <laughs> do you feel like you do those a little bit more now that you're uh, focusing on yourself and more of a priority now? Yes, totally. And I'm trying to prioritize them too. I can also tell, oh, I'm feeling not good. I need to get out into nature or, you know, sometimes I'll feel guilty for taking time to bake bread or can and just reminding myself, like, this is how I find joy and, you know, how my hobbies. Another one that I had forgotten, I didn't write it down, but I love to sing. And so that actually was at my low point last year in September. There was a choir group that was starting to practice for a Christmas concert. And so I remember Richard just being like, you need to go to this practice. And I was like, I can't, I can't get out of bed I was literally laying in bed I can't get out of bed I can't go I don't want to get out of my pajamas like I literally can't go and he just was like McKenna you need to do this for yourself this is going to save you and so it was so hard for me to for me to get out of bed get my clothes on and go to this practice but once I did I feel like that's where things changed I realized I have to make myself a priority like I said before and find hobbies and it was life-changing being at this Christmas concert practice no kids were there it was just for me and it was Mm. almost like this sounds silly but almost like a holy experience (laughs) you know tapping back into who I am and what I like just for me Um, and so every September when this practice starts again like I rush there because this is my time this is my space you know this is my hobby and so just I think that we just need to not feel guilty for leaning into these things that, you know, give us joy and make our soul sing because that's what's what makes us a better mom, a better wife, a better person. So not to feel guilty for it. I love how you said that last part too. That's what makes us a better wife, a better mom, a better person. It's so true. And it's like our minds and our hearts are warring against each other. And even you've heard me talk about shoulds. I still should on myself all the time. And I'm like, I should know these things because I'm a counselor, and yet I do it. We're talking about self-care. I mentioned pickleball, like I started to get into, and I love it. And I just finally hit a breakthrough recently where I'm like, I have been supporting my kids for a long time in all of their endeavors. Why do I feel guilty about going and playing pickleball? So I decided to treat it like a family sport. Okay, they're doing theirs, now I'm doing mine, and and just schedule it just like you talked about so that... I'm showing myself that I'm worth it. And I deserve that too. Mm-hmm. So I'm totally, so sure. glad you figured that out. Especially, I feel like you of all people need it maybe more than many of us. <laughs> like with how much more you're giving, it's like you almost have to refill that bucket even more. Yeah, for sure. 
How have you improved your mental health and wellness or what tips or tools help you create that greater wellness balance in your life? Like I said, making myself a priority, but with exercising, I have to do it every morning and then sleeping. That has been huge for me. I'm a huge night owl. And so I tend to want to, st- especially when you're, you know, doing all the stuff all day long for all the kids and they finally go to sleep and it is so tempting to just like sit on my phone or do whatever. But I found that for me, my greatest, you know, improvement in mental health and wellness is to go to bed early. <laughs> I'm so much that. better when I go to bed early. And then just finding hobbies and actually doing them. I know that's hard sometimes when we've been a mom for, you know, 15 years and it's like, I don't even know who I am anymore, who I was before, but just really to making it a priority to find hobbies and then actually do them. And then for me, the thing that was really helpful was making it a priority to make connections and finding friends within the community, having those girls nights, or even just chatting with moms when you're picking someone up from dance, just trying to make those connections. And then another thing that really helps me was, I've mentioned this before, using the wellness wheel weekly and just rechecking in on yourself and making sure that you're really making all of the areas in the wellness wheel have attention and not just like one or two and really letting some go great nuggets again right there and I do have a question for you because I often hear in therapy people are like oh I'm just a night owl like you mentioned being a night owl I can't get up early because of this because of this and I go back and forth like wanting to have empathy for them and I keep hearing it time and time again that that is you've mentioned it that that has been your greatest improvement so despite it not really being your your go-to like as the night owl It was transformational. So what would you say to other people that are night owls? I would say that you will notice a huge difference in your life. If you go to sleep early and you wake up even just a little bit earlier and do all the good stuff. Everyone has a different thing that I like to do. Some people like to meditate in the morning. Some people like to, you know, exercise in the morning. You talk about the different options on your podcast. But I really, really have noticed that if you push yourself and go to sleep early, plug your phone in, in a different room. I literally had to do that. Like take my phone into the kitchen and plug it in. So I don't even have that temptation, you know, and then just do like all the healthy sleep um, habits. So like reading a book or meditating or whatever to kind of shut your mind off that you'll actually feel so much more recharged if you wake up at a good time and do all the good stuff in the morning rather than staying up super late and then waking up with the kids when they're panicking because they need something, you know, like, or the baby wakes up in the morning. Yeah. I have found that I feel so much better physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually when I go to sleep early and I wake up early, do the things that I need to do in the morning before the kids wake up and I'm ready to like, just take it on. (laughs) When I wake up with the kids, I feel like I'm waking up behind. It's a lot harder for me. Great advice. If you're enjoying this episode, stay tuned for part two next time. It is incredible. I'll see you back here in a few days. If this podcast has helped you gain the insights and skills needed to propel you towards transformation and joy, the number one way to help me is to leave a written review on Apple Podcast. Like you, I'm striving to become my higher self by helping others thrive. And I do that most effectively if you use your influence and give a review. Share this episode with a friend or share it on social media and let others know how it has helped you. I would be so very grateful and excited that we're creating positive ripples in so many lives. 
If you want to connect, you can find me on Fulfillment Therapy on Facebook and Instagram or go to fulfillmenttherapy.org. Thanks for listening and shine boldly and brightly, my friend.